Yo, what's happening, everybody? My name is Anthony Carrenti, and thank you, as always, for checking out another episode of the Dynasty Drive. Going to keep the intro pretty short today. I have about a half-hour conversation uh, with a friend of mine, Dalvin Osorio. Uh, you may be familiar with some of Dalvin's work. He's put out a lot of really great content over at Turn on the Jets uh, for a long time. Somebody whose work I found years ago when I first found their podcast, uh, and you know, kind of clung to it, especially as a Jets fan. Uh, and they were putting out a ton of great, great stuff there. But Dalvin is somebody who's um, whose thoughtfulness and whose uh, analysis, especially uh, regarding all things football, really, but regarding especially the NFL draft, uh, is something that I really, really value. So I was really happy to catch up with him. Uh, it's about a half hour conversation previewing some of next year's draft prospects. So we're jumping into 2021 early, uh, never too early to start looking ahead especially um, when we're playing Dynasty and especially as fans of the NFL draft in general. So a lot of interesting stuff from Dalbin. We're going to hop into it pretty quick, but as always, appreciate all the support on the podcast. Uh, if you haven't already, please rate five stars. If you could leave a review, if you could subscribe to the podcast, if you haven't already, make sure to follow on all the social media accounts. So on Twitter, we're at Dynasty Drive. On Instagram at the Dynasty Drive, you can like the show on Facebook. I uh, should have another written piece coming out early next week over at the Dynasty Draft Room uh, regarding a couple wide receiver stash players to follow up on the running back piece that we put out this past week. So check out all the work over there. A ton of great guys writing a ton of great content over there. So uh, plenty of stuff for Dynasty, Devi, NFL Draft, uh, scouting reports, really, really good content over there as well. So make sure you check out all of that stuff. Uh, we're going to hop into the conversation with Dalbin. Apologize about some of the audio quality. Dalbin sounds crystal clear. Uh, I kind of sound like I'm talking through a phone call, a little bit of a hiccup technology wise on my side, but uh, it's not too bad. Well, it's really not bad at all, but uh, we'll hop into it and I hope you enjoy it. We'll catch you on the other side. Yo, Dalbin, what's up, buddy? What's up, Anthony? Can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? Yep, loud and clear. Cool. How do I sound? I sound okay? Yeah, you sound good. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to because I would. I have Anchor on my phone, the app, but I have a microphone, and I was like, I'd rather, I'd rather use the mic. That's why I said to send me the link. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. But yeah, I appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you hopping on with me, man. No, no, good no. And, and thanks for thanks for having me, man. I'm always game to talk football with you. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I mentioned uh, earlier in the intro that I already recorded that uh, you know years and years ago when uh, when I first you know found the podcast that you and Joe Caparoso mm-hmm. were doing over at Turn Jets, um, I really grew to kind of appreciate the content that you were putting out for Thank you. you know a couple. Absolutely. For a couple of reasons, like the, the thoughtfulness and the, the good analysis, but also uh, like a pretty clear willingness to not just fall in line with like groupthink and the consensus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, you know, it's Twitter, like everybody, yeah. that, that hive mind that everybody kind of swells to. Yeah, for sure. So I know that, uh, you know, it's never too early to start looking towards next year. Never, unfortunately, never, as we know, never. as. Uh, more as unfortunately as we know as Jets fans but also fantasy fans um, so I did want to pick your brain on kind of position group by position group and see if there's uh, any any interesting thoughts that you might have early I know it's early but we'll see what we got um, I want to start with the quarterbacks though mm-hmm. I know right now it almost feels like it's Trevor Lawrence and everybody else but it also kind of doesn't feel fair and personally I I think part of it has to do with that we've seen Trevor Lawrence this year and we haven't seen Justin Fields yet. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that Justin Fields necessarily, you know, overtakes Trevor Lawrence as QB one. Uh, but I think that 
Fields is a lot better than is really getting talked about mm-hmm. currently. Um, I was curious to see if you had your any thoughts about that as well as uh, Trey Lance. I mean, a, a weird situation that we only see Trey Lance for a game this year, but uh, <laughs> another guy that it's like, I guess there's still a ton of mystery with him, right? Like even though yeah, he has yeah. game and he finally throws a couple picks, it's like, it's interesting. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and, you know, first and foremost, thank you for having me on. I'm, I'm super glad to, I'm, I honestly, and I, what you said in, you know, and introduced me, I'm super, I'm actually very happy that that is kind of, for lack of a better word, my brand in the sense that like, I, I tend to not, uh, conform to group think i think right i like to make yeah. my own i like to make my own decisions and and i like to reach my own conclusions about certain players and it's interesting in the sam darnold draft i had josh rosen as the top quarterback then i had lamar mm-hmm. then i had baker and then i had sam as fourth right and so and i remember catching so much heat for that right and i was just like yeah. listen man like like understand that there's something like like lamar jackson in particular like lamar jackson is the passer. And I tweeted this even then I was like, Lamar Jackson's the quarterback that people pretended Michael Vick was right. Um, that yeah. Mike, Mike Vick, it took him so long to become an actual well-rounded quarterback. And Lamar Jackson was already coming in more polished as a, as a passer than, than Michael Vick could. Right. In fact, I even said this earlier today, like, like Lamar Jackson was, is, was much more in the mold of a Vince young than he was a Michael Vick. Like he was, he was a, he was a guy that could play from the pocket, but he could move similar to Vince young this year. It's fascinating, man, because I think you're I think you're spot on. I think Justin Fields is probably the one that's kind of getting lost in the in in the shuffle. And I think Justin Fields has a chance to go to the better situation compared to Lawrence, sure. compared to a guy like Trey Lance. And and I say that with the caveat that I do believe if the Jets pick first overall, Trevor Lawrence is the pick. I think that yeah, agreed. Uh, yeah. I, I just I don't see a scenario where Joe Douglas and whoever the new head coach is say, you know what, we're not going to we're not gonna take the kid who's arguably the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck, right? So we're talking about, and when we talk about generational prospects, right? Like we have to remember like Peyton Manning was in 98, right? Then you had Andrew Luck Mm -hmm. 10 years later. And then now you have, and then now you have our, 12 years later, however long later it was. And then now you have Trevor Lawrence, you know, in under six, seven years. Right. So like, those are, those are the generational prospects of our time. And I think, with Fields in particular, like Fields could end up in a scenario where he gets drafted by Carolina, gets to sit behind Teddy Bridgewater for a year, and then he takes over a team that, one, has a really good number one receiver in DJ Moore, has a really good complimentary piece in Robbie Anderson, who we let go for pennies, has a really good slot yeah. receiver in Curtis Samuel, and has arguably the best running back in football in Christian McCaffrey, if not the best, the second best behind Derrick Henry, right? And a coach and an offensive coordinator that very clearly understand how to build a culture of competitiveness and all that they would be missing in theory is a quarterback because they have the edge rusher in, in, in Burns, they have the D tackle in Brown, right? They could add some pieces in free agency in the defense, but this is a team that realistically the Panthers, the Panthers are the biggest threat in that division if they add a quarterback, because I think that's a team that's being built to win the right way uh, with Lance. And you mentioned this and I, th- and I think you're spot on only having seen him one game this year. I think that's, and, and, and realistically that being the film being as bad as it is, right? Like he did not yeah. play well in that one game. No, Right. No. And, and, and he's the one quarterback that I'll be honest, man, he worries me. Right. And I, so mm-hmm. I recently started doing dynasty leagues, right? Like dynasty fantasy leagues. So I'm in two, this year right and it's the first mm-hmm. it i did one last year was the first year that i had done one so this is year two and then now this is the first year that i'm running one and let me tell you like i 
I have in one draft, I have three first round picks next year with the eye that I can, you know, if, if Aaron Rodgers retires or goes to a situation where he doesn't, you know, he, 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 I don't like the situation. I can go and get a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. I have no desire to get, tre- to go get Trey Lance. And, mind you, and I and I think and I think Trey Lance, I'm not going to hold that one game of footage against him because I do think that there's good film on him. But I think he's the yeah. one that has the biggest variance. He's the one that he could really cost somebody his job or he could turn out to 100%. be a really good, a really good pick. But the quarterbacks are going to be interesting because I do think it's Trevor Lawrence and everybody else. But I think that's in part because, one, I think we would see a tightening of this if we had actual college football this year. I think if there was no pandemic, yeah. if there was no 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 public health crisis right now, I think we'd see a tightening a little bit. I think it would still be Trevor Lawrence. But if, say, you didn't finish with a top pick, maybe you finished the second, and you're a team that doesn't necessarily need a quarterback, you could trade that pick for uh, for a quarterback with better film, right? But because you don't have that much film on whoever the second quarterback is after Lawrence, then you're kind of stuck in no man's land a little bit. It's such a, and like you just said, regarding the pandemic and just kind of a crazy year across the board and, you know, real life terms and sports terms as a whole, uh, it does leave me like, it's a perfect kind of transition to talking about wide receivers. Like same, like it was Trevor Lawrence and everybody else for a while, it kind of felt like Jamar Chase and everybody else. But the more weeks where we don't get to see Jamar Chase play and we do see Jalen Waddle be an absolute monster. It feels like that gap between those two closes like more and more by the week. I still think Jamar Chase will be, you know, wide receiver one. Uh, But I think it's honestly a lot closer um, than people might've initially thought, you know, down the stretch last year when LSU was, you know, winning the title. Uh, Jalen Waddle, I think, is a uh, a problem in his own right. But uh, what are your thoughts on those? Yeah, two? and you know, you mentioned Waddle. Waddle's the guy that I think, honestly, you're going to start to see start to start to push on Chase a little bit because I think, yeah, yeah, I think when you and and it's so fascinating, man, because I think after the Beckham draft, right? Like after the Beckham draft, you kind of started to see a course correction in college football, right? So we started to see more corners go, right? So you saw Kuda go in the top mm-hmm. three last year. You know, you saw you saw him get drafted. See CJ Henderson who's playing really, really well in Jacksonville, right? But like I remember saying after the Beckham, Ev- it was Beckham, Evans, Watkins, uh, Jordan Matthews, like all these receivers came in. I said, you're going to start to see the NFL kind of course correct. And then now what we're getting is the course correction in the other direction. So now, now we're starting to see uh, more like, like, just deeper wide receiver classes, which used to be the norm for a long time. So we had this abnormal class in, in you know, the Beckham class. So when you, when you look at yeah. Waddle, right. And you look at, you look at Chase, though, that's one A and one B. I don't think that, I think that honestly, I don't think you, I don't think you can go wrong with either one. Right. And, 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 and I think that Waddle's the one that I think ends up overtaking Chase and is the first receiver taken. Now, Grant, now granted, I think Chase, I think Chase has incredible ability and a high ceiling. And I think he's going to be a number one receiver at the next level. But what Waddle's doing, and I think this is this is what I think this is what draws a little bit more. This is what I think makes him more endearing to teams that are picking in the in the top five that don't necessarily want a quarterback, like say the Giants or maybe the Falcons, right? If they wanted to add a third wide receiver to pair with Julio who's winding down and Calvin Ridley. When you look at Waddle, Waddle's a guy that it's his route running is crisp. He has very strong hands and it's 
in he's not only just like shorts and shorts and cleats fast he's in game fast right and that's such a com- that's such a dangerous combination to have because i think as you start to move and you're seeing this more you see it in carolina which we talked about a little bit as we move into this era of what we'd like to call positionless football right and we've seen it in the nba the nba what you'll see now is ball handlers wings and a big that's what you see right so it's no longer center mm-hmm. power forward small forward shooting guard point guard the really good teams it's that it's two ball handlers right it's two wings that can defend etc etc in the nfl which you're going to start to see i think and you see it in colleges guys are going to be the offensive coordinator is going to be more inclined to look at okay how can i get my five best pass catchers out running routes right because now you put a strain on a team what team do you know in the nfl has five good cornerbacks that can cover man like it just doesn't exist it's not a thing it doesn't happen and you're seeing it in pittsburgh because pittsburgh what they're doing is they put out claypool washington but a Claypool, Washington, Juju, Deontay Johnson before he was hurt, and Eric Ebron. Those are their five pass catchers when they go five wide, right? And they're able to mix mm-hmm. and match and move guys around, and that's what you're going to see, and that's what you see in Carolina. Carolina, had they not lost Christian McCaffrey, you would have seen Christian McCaffrey used in the slot. You would have seen him used out wide. Robbie Anderson runs routes from the slot. Curtis Samuel lines up outside. Curtis Samuel lines up in the backfield. Robbie Anderson lines up in the backfield because that's it's what crazy. good coaches are going to do. And I think Jalen Waddle can play that game a little bit better than Chase. I think that he gives you that ability because, again, it's it's not just speed and shorts and sneakers. It's in-game speed, and he's and he's a fast player with the ball in his hands. And what you're going to want to do is similar to what Pittsburgh's always done. It's getting the hands in your playmakers. And he's a guy that if, say, the Jets – because the Jets have two first-round picks, right? And say you did not take mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence. Say that's not the pick you took, right? Say you traded back because you, you you're, the new coach wanted Sam. Adding Waddle to Mims – and say you kept Crowder, like that's a really good, that's a really yeah, good receiver group that plays off of each other, right? And you had a you had a tweet uh, uh, about a, I think a week and a half ago where you talked about how Jamison Crowder, if you just get one good receiver around him, right? Like just get just get yeah. another guy around him and. Yeah, literally anybody. Right, anybody. It, could be, it could be anybody. Get another guy around him because this is a guy that consistently gets open. And with Sam Darnold or Trevor Lawrence, you're going to want guys that get open, that get open, and that your quarterback can find them and they can do something once the ball is in their hands. And I think Waddle gives you that a little bit more than Chase. It is crazy that as good as and I, I it's a fair point. I could definitely see Jalen Waddle mm-hmm. overtaking Jamar mm-hmm. Chase for the reasons you mentioned, and just like we said earlier, for Jamar not putting any, not that the no, not that there was anything you could be left wanting from the tape last year, but just not putting more out. It's crazy that it's another year where last year it almost felt like, oh, there's no way the wide receiver group can go this deep again. But it feels like another year where, like this past season, where it was, you know, okay, Michael Pittman falls to the top of round two and Denzel Mims falls to round two. Like, there's going to be, like, really, really good wide receivers late round run, early round two, Rashad Bateman, Rondell Moore, uh, Terrace Marshall. Like, there's a yeah. lot of really yeah. good pass catchers again. It's, it's crazy. Like, it, it's like... I agree. And it's just like uh, college coaches seemingly are getting to the conclusion faster than NFL coaches did, like get pass catching weapons involved. And like, it's, it's crazy that it's such a (laughs) easy concept for most people. Not Adam Gase. Not Adam (laughs) Gase. He's not. Yeah. He can't figure out anything. Right, right, right. No, but you're spot on. Uh, uh, Even look at, look at Devontae Smith, right? Again, Chris Olave from Ohio state. Like this is, 
I love Chris. And Olave. a lot of Jet fans do, man. A lot of Jet fans love him. And I think, I mean, again, 6'1, buck 90, speed, right? Like, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, if you, and I, w- I saw this mock draft the other day that was like, that had him going to Green Bay. And I said, oh my God, like, you add him to Devontae. Oh, man. Him and, him yeah, it's just not fair. I think this is a really, this has a chance to be a really, really good uh, wide receiver class that ultimately adds a lot of, I, I think, as Julio transitions, right? Because Julio, you know, Julio's older. Um, and so you see him kind of start to leave the game, right? Like, I think we need to start replenishing a lot of the, the young wide receivers. And wide receiver is such a hard position to transition to from college to the NFL because, again, you're dealing with bigger corners, et cetera. But there are a lot of guys in this class that I really think are going to be household names within a few years. I agree. And I also think that uh, as good as the wide receiver group is, I really love, like, who we could possibly get at yeah. the running back yeah. position next year as well. Uh, like Travis Etienne and Najee Harris are easy, you know, headliners. They're both fantastic in their own right. But there's some of the guys after that, like I'm really excited. And I mentioned a couple episodes back, like I'm really excited on what, like uh, what Kylan Hill can be yeah. in the right offense. <laughs> I'm really interested to see, like, it feels crazy. Cause it's like those two and then a couple other guys. And depending on who you ask, it's like Chuba Hubbard is like anywhere from running back one to running right. back five. And I think he's really going to be a very, very good pro yeah. running back. Um, is who do you have? I guess first and foremost, who do you have RB one so far? ETN, Najee Harris, somebody yeah, else. And, I, and honestly, I'm so thrilled that you mentioned Kylan, man, because I've had, I, so I had Kylan on my list last year as like a guy that I was like, listen, when we're talking about positionless football, this is a guy that can transition. And honestly, you line him up all over the formation and he's a guy that you get the ball in his hands. And I think, I think it's dangerous every chance. Um, So for me, it's ETN. I think, I think that he is running back one. I love Najee Harris. And I think that a team like Miami adding him to pair him with Miles Gaskin, that could be really, really scary, right? Like you go Gaskin and Harris. I think that's that's a really good combination. Um, I love that you mentioned Kylan Hill. I think that when you're talking about how we're going to start to change the game in terms of how running backs are used, I think he's a guy, and it's interesting because like you look at uh you look at what Tampa's done with Ronald Jones this year, right? And Ronald Jones was a guy that a lot of folks started to write off after he had a rough rookie year, which again, like that happens with running backs, right? Like that happens, like it's just mm-hmm. hard to transition. But he's a guy that shows the patience, like again, the patience in developing some of these guys. And so I think with, with Kylan Hill in particular, I think if he gets to a situation where it's a coaching staff that one is able to get him his Hold touch on in but start to develop him as a wide receiver. I think that can, I start to develop him as a running back. I think that could work really well. Another guy that I think, again, when we talk about positionless uh, football, Rondale Moore, who can play running back. And I think he can play wide receiver. He had, he had almost 1400 yards as a freshman running and receiving. And there is going to be a team. I'm telling you, there is going to be a team that looks at him and says, you know what? There's a lot of people that are going to tell me I can't use him as a running back, but I'm going to use him as a running back. Another guy that I really like Kenny Gainwell from Memphis. He's a kid who, Again, if he gets a little bit bigger, I think he can be a three down back right now. I wouldn't use him as a three down back, but as we move into this, this space, this floor spacing almost in in football, right. Where you try to get guys in space. It's, it's, it's interesting because you look at, you look at Kansas city and we've talked about, you know, who the Jets should hire if they fire Adam Gase. And the name that constantly comes up for jet fans is Eric B my Eric B enemy. Right. And so when, 
when he got promoted to OC after Nagy left, what he, the first thing he did was Andy Reid sent him to to talk to three college coaches, Lincoln Riley uh, and two other coaches, to figure out what were they doing so they can implement that for Pat Mahomes. Right now, I understand that Pat Mahomes is an anomaly, right? Like he's 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 the he's second best quarterback in football at worst, right behind Russell Wilson, and he makes a lot of things work for them that maybe wouldn't necessarily work with another with another quarterback, but. What he saw in Lincoln Riley's system, in Cliff Kingsbury's system, right, is that if you make the throwing lanes easy for your quarterback, right, then any quarterback can make those throws. It's like in baseball, right? Like if I'm if all I'm if all I'm tasked with is getting the ball over, right? It's like bat, it's like pitching practice. That's all I'm doing. It's all I'm doing. It's a bullpen yeah. session. And I think I think Kenny Gainwell from Memphis is a kid who, in this next iteration of what football is going to be is a guy that I'm telling you, uh, the the smart offensive coordinator will absolutely use him the right way and won't relegate him to just being a gadget player or a player that you use every now and then. Because I think the worry that you have with some of these young kids is that they go to situations where they're not used the right way, right? Like imagine if you had drafted Megatron now, like say Calvin Johnson was entering the draft now and you draft him and then you use him as an inline blocker. Or like Adam Gase uses Chris Herndon to block 73% of the yeah. time. Like certain certain things like that don't make sense. But I think if I think he's a kid, I think Gainwell's a kid that if he goes to the right system, I think he's gonna he has the chance to be a real game breaker for another team. Yeah, and it's a, it's an interesting point too, because I do think a player that even reminds me of it is like like you mentioned Miles Gaskin earlier. And it's a I think it's a perfect example of like, you know, seventh round pick last year first week of the season it's like ah, you know they're not really going to commit to miles gaskin he doesn't look like he could be the every down guy and he's getting 19 20 carries a game like they're just running him in a way where it's like okay we're not necessarily going to feed this guy right in the a gap every time and let him get demolished a smaller guy but they're getting him involved and it's you know point kind of be creative with your guy and get him involved and he can be productive as long as you've got the right brain and how to use it don't pigeonhole him into doing just one thing yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think when when you talk about how you because also I think one of the ways that you make the transition for young quarterbacks easier, um, I think I think one of the ways you do that is by bringing in talent from players, bringing in talented players and using them the way that they should be used. So, for example, you look at Miami, right? And Chan Gailey, Chan Gailey's almost 80, but Chan Gailey seems to seems to figure out that like, you know what, <laughs> I'm not going to try to use anybody in a way that they should not be used. Right. Like I think I think and I think that's and I think whoever the next head coach is for the Jets, I think they have to do that, too, because I can't I would lose my mind if Joe Douglas drafted Rondale Moore and he was drafted specifically just to be a kick returner. Like that would drive me nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, That would drive me nuts. (laughs) But talking about talented players, the one guy that and moving on to we'll move on to tight ends. But the guy that I'm really, you know, developing an affinity for Kyle Pitts. I, yeah. I don't even want to call him a tight end. Like, I really don't. I just want him to be used like a mismatched nightmare at the next level. And I pray he falls someplace or ends up someplace that uh, kind of like we've said about a lot of the running backs can utilize him properly. Just for, like an absolute, he's a menace in the red zone, like a, an absolute animal. Like, I don't know how anybody is supposed to stop him right now. Um, I don't know if he's, you know, tight end one for you or if it's Friermuth or somebody else, but uh, I know Pitts is the guy that right now I kind of have higher than everybody else. Uh, do you view it the same way or yeah. do you have a, a different outlook? No, hands down. I'm I'm with you 100%. I, and I, I also don't I, – I not only do I have him as tight end one, like I have him like 
I have him in between Waddle and, and, and Chase. And again, I think like wherever I decide whether Waddle is wide receiver one, like Pitts will slot in right in between them because I think you're talking I think about Pitts is a top 10 player. Yeah. He's a walking mismatch nightmare, man. Like, and I think not just in the red zone, but in between, like what safety in the league is going to cover him one-on-one? Like I can't, I yeah. can't think of anyone that's going to be able to box him out in the middle of the field. And I think when you when you talk about you know one thing that I said earlier about like starting to add, starting to kind of replenish this talent in the league of wide receiver, tight end is also another position. And and I I don't know if you do fantasy baseball, but like for me, whenever I do fantasy baseball, one of the biggest things is man, I got to get catcher right because there's not that many good catchers in the in in the major leagues, right? Well, I kind sure. of feel like that about about when I do fantasy and I'm drafting a tight end because it's one of those things where it's like okay, once I get past Earth. Once I get past Ertz, Kelsey, Kittle, maybe Goddard, Janu Smith, then after that, it's kind of like a dart throw, right? Like, I'm like, man, like, who can I get that's going to constantly give me 12, 13, 14 points? Um, and I think Kyle Pitts is a guy that, if you put him on an NFL roster today, can get you six catches, 70 yards, and a touchdown. I don't think that there's, I don't think that there's anything. I think, I think, I think that as a tight end, his ceiling is incredibly high. And I think, again, when we talk about pass catchers, moving him around and not keeping him not keeping him as an inline blocker. Like, for example, Bruce Arians caught a lot of flack, uh, you know, two weeks ago because he said, well, Gronk's a tight end. That's where he plays. And it's like, well, why aren't you using him anywhere else? Why aren't you moving him around, right? I really like Brevin Jordan from Miami. I think that's a kid who, again, if he goes to the right situation, I think he can, I think he can be a kid that absolutely contributes in the right situation. Another guy that I really like is Charlie Kolar from Iowa State, who, again, if you're this is this is a class that gives you a lot of variety in terms of tight ends, right? Like you have blocking tight ends, you have hybrid tight ends, you have vertical threat tight ends, you have possession tight ends, you have guys that can move around the the position everywhere, right? And I think a good I think when you look at when you look at the Jets in particular, you know, we're both Jet fans. Chris Herndon has been absolutely misused. They paid Ryan Griffin all that money to do nothing. They have Trayvon Wesco, who they use on fullback dives. And then they had Daniel Brown, who not the one that wrote Angels and Demons, but this other one who does nothing, <laughs> right? Who <laughs> just does nothing. And I, I think with a team that has two first-round picks – a lot of people will say that Kyle Pitts would be a luxury pick. I don't think he is. I think that he's a guy with the right offensive coordinator that you will see Kyle Pitts line up in the slot, line up out wide. And I very much, I love having receivers that can go and play that go, that can go in and, 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 and win jump balls and Kyle oh, Pitts is that kind of guy, right? Like I was a big Jeremy Shockey fan at the U I'm a big Miami hurricanes fan. Right. And Jeremy Shockey, I still remember catching the fade over Brian Dawkins in the end zone, right. When the giants were playing the Eagles and just mouthing yeah. off. And I'm like, you need that kind of tight end. You need that kind of attitude. And Pitts has that kind of attitude, man. He's just, he's a big boy. He's a big boy. Yeah, he is. Uh, I don't know. Like he, I really like. I, he's a tight end, but he's really an offensive weapon. He's just. I, I pray he ends up in a situation where somebody's not stubborn and you know lines him up as an inline tight end and says, "Oh, you got to work on your blocking." Like let this guy go. You know, put people on a poster for lack of a better way to put it. You know, just abuse. There's like you said, there's no safety that can cover him one on one. I don't think right now in the NFL. Yeah. And he's too big for safeties. He's too fast for linebackers. He's going to be a problem. Uh, yeah, I, it's hard for me to see a situation. I, like I said, I think he's a top 10 player, honestly. I really think he's going to go very early. And I don't think – I think a lot of the other tight ends, you know, depending on where they might land, could be in that boat where it's like, 
there's that adjustment period and, you know, a uh, slow rookie season, two, 300 yards, something like that. They don't get involved that much. I think Pitts comes in and is involved right away and like is a, an immediate impact pass catcher on any team. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And I, and I think, I think if you could not figure out how to use them, then you shouldn't be an offensive coordinator in the NFL. Like, like, yeah, how if scary, how scary, I agree. yeah, like how scary would it be if, you know, Carolina decides, you know what, we're going to ride out with Teddy another year and they draft Kyle Pitts. Like, oh, man, <laughs> like that, that's... That, that's an offense that again, Teddy Bridgewater can carry that offense. If you're throwing to Robbie and you're throwing to DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Kyle Pitts and Christian McCaffrey, that's a scary, scary offense for any quarterback, no matter, no matter where you get him or whatever. So I think, yeah, I think, I think, I think if you cannot find a way to use him, you know, another guy is Trey McKitty from Georgia, right. Who again, like he's he's not in Kyle Pitts's league. I don't think there's any tight end. Like very similar to how we said it's Trevor Lawrence and then everybody else. For the tight ends, it's Kyle Pitts and everybody else. Yeah. But there's guys I think that can contribute. And Trey McKitty is another guy from Georgia that I'm like, Yo, you know what? Get him in a right system. Get him in a system that's going to use him to his talents because tight end again is one of those things where a lot of coaches believe that oh no we have to have you block right away like that's the only way we can assimilate you to the league and it's like nah man you come in and you ball you ball right away and Kyle Pitts is a guy that can do that but there's a bunch of guys in there that I think could absolutely contribute um, to you know to, to a winning team next year but yeah Kyle Pitts is head and shoulders above all the other tight ends. If the Carolina Panthers draft Kyle Pitts, <laughs> we both become honorary Carolina Panthers. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to change the name of this podcast to, to the the Panthers podcast. You can't call it the Dynasty podcast anymore. Because I think, yeah, it, it's just they, they they took the quarterback that 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 was, you know, supposed to hold the hold the fort for Sam. They took Robbie, right? I, I love That's Brian it. Burns. They took him. Like, it's just, they took the coach we wanted. Like, it's just like, listen, I, I, I will trade in my green and white for panther blue and black i will be done with it i promise it's a hard life we lived alden a hard life it's not for the faint of heart for sure (laughs) that's a fact fact. what i was jokingly saying earlier like because i live you know i live in maryland i live 30 minutes from baltimore and i i told i told some folks i was like my daughter's being raised a ravens fan she ain't being raised like this this is crazy like i can't can't do this to her because when, when it comes down to it like they like the jets I feel like if I continue to root for the Jets, like I can deal with that. That's fine. I have built the character and the tough skin to be a Jets fan. My daughter right. is only two. She does not deserve to carry that she burden. She does not. She does not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I ask my four-year-old all the time, I'm like, do you like the Jets? He's like, I don't like the Jets. There we like, go. I don't blame there you one bit. Well, buddy, I appreciate you hopping on with me. It was good to talk to you and uh, talk college players, talk fantasy. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. I know we both have crazy schedules, so I won't keep you held up any longer. But uh, we'll definitely link up again in the future as college football winds down and we get to the, uh, you know, the combine and the pre-draft process. Absolutely. And thank you so much for, for having me on, man. I've, I've been listening to, to to your pod. You got a really good thing going. And if I win my dynasty league, I'm going to shout you guys out because you definitely gave me a lot of things to think about as I was, <laughs> I had never, I had never done a dynasty league. Right. And some, and some of these rules were just really, really crazy. And there was yeah. free agency money and auction money. And I was just like, what the hell is this? And I got <laughs> the speed in time for me to make sure that like, you know, I was able to, you know, I drafted Aaron Rodgers and then I also drafted Dwayne Haskins and Drew Locke. Right. And I also yeah. drafted Baker Mayfield. So it was like, listen, like I'm set at quarterback because because I, I one of the points that you made in one of your earlier episodes was like, listen, if you're going to take a quarterback early, please make sure you take a young quarterback late. And I took three of them late. So, so there you go. <laughs> 
Thank you for having me on, man. I appreciate it for sure. And definitely let's let's link up later on when we have an idea of who the Jets are gonna who the Jets are gonna aim for. Yeah, man. Enjoy the rest of your day. I'll talk to you soon. All right, sounds good. Later, buddy. Later. Thanks again to Dalvin for jumping on with me and talking uh, early thoughts regarding players who could potentially be coming out in the 2021 NFL draft. Like we've said multiple times, it's never too early to kind of get some thoughts on either paper or thoughts out there into the universe uh, regarding potential draft prospects next year. You certainly want to be ahead of the curve, ahead of the consensus as early as possible. Uh, So a lot of good stuff in there, I think, to put a pin in, continue to monitor as NFL season not only moves on, but as college football continues to work its way towards wrapping up. Uh, And before you know it, honestly, we'll we'll be in the the pre-draft process, scouting combine, senior bowl, uh, all that good stuff, pro days. uh, Hopefully by then, you know, there's some more clarity with all the the COVID craziness this year. So uh, I appreciate everybody checking out the podcast again. If you want to follow Dalbin, you can follow him on Twitter at da underscore osorio so at da underscore o-s-o-r-i-o he's a very very bright guy Um, really really smart when it comes to football but smart in uh, a lot of real life terms as well so follow him for sure he's a great great guy Uh, appreciate you checking out the podcast as always Uh, by the time you listen to this or by the time it's out there we'll be out into week seven already we've got eagles giants kicking off shortly on thursday night as i'm recording this you're hearing it on friday but after that uh, good luck to everybody this weekend as we go into week seven and hopefully we can get you another win closer to a championship we'll talk to you guys next week thanks Thanks.